Colleen DePasquale is the president and CEO of the Greater Fort Myers Chamber of Commerce and its foundation. She's served in this role since 2011. The goal of the chamber is to support and promote a progressive, sustainable community. Colleen's leadership and passion for Southwest Florida is demonstrated in her commitment to making a positive impact and staying involved on many fronts. In addition to being a future maker, she serves on the Lee County chapter of the Florida Restaurant and Lodging Association, where she is one of two state representatives, and the Florida Association of Chamber Professionals, where she's the chair for the Southwest Florida region. Colleen was appointed to the Lee County Tourist Development Council and is the current president of the Lee County Sports Organizing Committee. A huge hockey fan, her love for the game may only be surpassed by her love for her daughter, Elizabeth. Hey, Colleen, thanks for talking with me today. Tessa, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. So tell us a little bit about the Greater Fort Myers Chamber of Commerce. The Chamber celebrated its 30th anniversary this year, so that was quite the milestone for us. And we are an organization made up of 700, uh, 700, about 750 businesses, entrepreneurs, small businesses, medium size, all, all all sorts of sizes. And where are your businesses located? Because of the way the chamber started, um, it, we are a little bit of everywhere. We, we consider ourselves pretty regional um, because the city of Fort Myers obviously geographically is small, but we do encompass, we have members all the way from Naples to Cape Coral, North Fort Myers. I think we have one from Port Charlotte. Sometimes it just depends on where the client is for the business. So they may, be, may not be here locally, but they do participate with our chamber so that they can have access and, and, and can do the things to connect with our members. That's so interesting. You know, you hear Greater Fort Myers Chamber and you think it's basically the city of Fort Myers. But it, it, I think that that's maybe a testament to the way our region is sort of laid out. What do you think? I think so, too. I think that was the vision was how... You know, like it could, you know, the city has the city and you have Lee County and unincorporated Lee County. Well, we don't think that way, right? We just think of the whole area. And if we can be of benefit to you as a business owner, then, then you know, then we're the right fit for you. So that's, you know, I don't think it, it's necessarily about geography all the time. Yeah. And we don't really have a major metro area. We're pretty spread out as a region and we think of ourselves as Southwest Florida a lot. So, um and I think that there are benefits to that, too, given the size of, of most of our cities. They're, they're pretty small on their own, right? But then when we think regionally, we start to collect up the kinds of numbers we need in terms of businesses and, and workers. Would you, would you agree with that? I do. And I think, one of the most, I think one of the most fun things is, is we have something for everybody here. You know, like, because we do have a great space but there's little pockets of all these different communities that all have their own uh, maybe feel or culture to them. So when you move down here or want to, or you come to work with us, then it's like, you'll find your niche, you know? And I think that there's, you know, it, so there's a little bit of something for everybody, whether it's arts, sports, you know, living, um, you know, on the river in an older home in a brand new home in a gated community. Do you do golf tennis? Like it's, we're endless, right? There's plenty of places to be, and still be able to work in the field that you find interest in. Yeah, that's a really good point. So is that sort of like how your membership is? Is it across all of those sectors? 
It is. We have like one man shows, you know, one small entrepreneurial businesses or people that have just started out. And we have some of the larger companies in our community and everything in between. Um, Lee County as a whole is about 80% small business. So, or maybe some medium size in there as well. But that's the focus of the chamber itself has so many different people and different, th different things that they do that, um, so like there's a little bit of everything from somebody who makes cookies to, um, you know, to Chico's. That's a nationally recognized brand. So we have a little bit all the way in between. Oh, that, that's so interesting. So, so tell me, you know, given that makeup, the location, the, the sizes of the business, what are some of the chamber's priorities right now? You know, I learned when I started in this business nine years ago, I went to the Institute of Organizational Management and I learned how to be chamberfied for, you know, we use that word, um, because I had come out of the hospitality business. And in, one, I, in my very first day, I sat in a class and he, he told us that change was always going to be necessary. It's cyclical, almost like in a 10-year cycle that I would need to change as if I wanted to continue to work at the chamber because I, in order to be relevant, and so would our chamber because the generations change, the needs for the business community change. So that is where we've, you know, so we have really taken a hard look at who we are in the last year and are we relevant? Are we talking to all the generations? How, if we're not, how do we do that? So recently we have created um, an equity committee, which came out of a need, right? It came out of a national exposure that there's a need for some of that. And then we literally last week created a workforce development committee that came out of our member advocacy committee. So there's a lot of new work being done because the world has changed and we need to be relevant and we need to be involved. Yeah. So are these these changes coming from uh, things that you're just sort of seeing trend wise or are members asking for these changes? For the equity committee, it was, you know, there were a couple of us. We knew we needed to do something and didn't know kind of where to start. We did have a member send us and we have a process that we use for member advocacy. If you file an issue with us, we then go through our protocols and we did receive that from a member and went through the process and the outcome by working through our member advocacy and our board was that we needed to make a statement, we needed a position and that we needed to do work. We are very fortunate that there's a, a company in our market and, the, and a gentleman from the company is very good at fine tuning. This is a national, it's a national issue but what we're going to do with our equity committee is focus on something that would actually make an impact here locally, help our chamber members who we think are not sure how to deal with this as, as well as make an impact long-term. This is, you know, I don't know that we can affect something nationally, but what if we built something here that could be shared? So we are, uh, that's our process. And the, I sent an email out to our, um, our database and within two weeks I had over 28 people from all different companies. It's the one little pair, two, two sentence paragraph, we're putting this together, do you wanna participate? And, and it was, and then everybody showed up for that first meeting, right? Just, and then, you know, it's like, there's a need here, right? It just showed us that there's a need for it and that there's a passion to help and to be involved. 
Yeah. So that is, that's amazing. I, I think that that is a real testament to sort of the adaptability of the Fort Myers Chamber um, under your leadership and your board. Um, I know that this, this topic is not a simple one to take on. Um, what, what sort of gives you the comfort to be able to, to go into this uncharted territory? Because I'm really not aware of another chamber here. We have a lot of chambers locally, but I'm not aware of another chamber here locally that's really put themselves out there to take, take on this issue. You know, I don't know if anybody else, I'm not aware if anybody has, and I am lucky because I am a future maker and I have been participating with the Future Maker Coalition and their equity action team and sitting in on the implicit bias training that has happened. Um, I've sat through at least four, I've been fortunate enough to sit through the original that we learned from Broward County. And I've learned, I think that that helps set the stage for me to be able to bring it to my board because I learned so much, not only about myself, but maybe how Lee County is where it could be and, and what needed to change, like that there's a difference between equality and equity and what, and what implicit, implicit bias meant. So I think that that education that I gained there helped me understand where we needed to go next. And that's so, and then working with, um, I'm very fortunate with Jason Teeters from Second News by working with him, who's very good at facilitating and getting to the root of where we might be able to go this, he, we are going to fine-tune this process and think that within three months that we'll have that first, first idea that we could start working on, or maybe the first two, because we're already work, breaking those down into, into what we think we can make an impact with for Lee County and Southwest Florida as a whole, and then start working on it. I imagine that when we start fine-tuning and have those actionable items, that this group would, could grow even more, because you know you're going to have to pull in other resources to make this happen. Right, it can't just rely on a group of 25 in our community. It's going to be, I expect this to be, to kind of grow exponentially. Yeah. Do you have any sense of, I know it sounds like you all are just getting started, and um, uh, and so the, the end game may not be fully clear yet, but do you have a sense of what you're sort of hoping to come out of it? I'm not, um, I'm not sure what the outcome, because they're going to vote, we'll vote on that at our next meeting, but some of the things that came out of and that I've learned, because the U.S. Chamber and the Florida Chamber have kind of taken this on a little bit differently, the U.S. Chamber is focusing on opportunity gaps, um, and then the, the Florida Chamber is looking at prosperity and, and, and talking about um, and, and kind of focusing there. So they kind of took two, they took a different route, but what they are doing is sharing data information that we can take that isn't necessarily driven by a heart you know it is driven by numbers and data and showcasing that and one of the there's things out there there are opportunities like in regards to minority you can get um certify a certified and i'm trying to i want to make sure i say the right term but it's like minority certification that so that you are then eligible to put your name in for um, for different projects, cities and counties and governments are required to spend a certain amount of their money with minority-owned businesses, and this certifies you so that you can get into the running. I didn't know such a thing existed, right? So that we learned that. So could we do that? Could we work with a portion of our community and make that happen? It would be very, in my mind, it's, you know, we have people in our, in our community who would help us teach that, bring the group together, get them certified, and then it, it's something that 
would benefit more that would benefit people. And then that just spreads, you know, once we've got that process down, could we share how simple that was and get other communities involved and spread it regionally? So that I, I, I would think, I would hope something like that might happen. I do know that the intent is that it needs to make an impact. They, they're looking probably for something long-term and that it's something that we can do and that our businesses and our community wants. Yeah. The, the people who have volunteered, the businesses that have volunteered, are they, do you have a sense of what their motivation is? Are they, are they mostly um, white owned businesses trying to figure out how they can deal with equity? Or do you feel like there's an, another group in there? It's a, it is a mix. There are people who have lived in this community, people of color, and kind of like, how can we make a difference? Like, they've seen it, but how can they participate in something that might be able to work through equity? And then there are people who work for one of the bigger companies here, and, and they've actually two people signed up from that group, and they're like, okay, what do we do? How can we, and then how do we bring that back into our larger company, that circle of influence, and then it flows from there. There's, it's a mix of generations. It's a mix of color. I don't know if, you know, who, some of the people we didn't get to see because we did do a virtual call. So I'm not sure where everybody's coming from. Some people did say on the call, I am, you know, a person of color and this is what, you know, and this is important to me and I want to be part of the change. And others, I think are, I'm not sure what to do. We had an attorney who said, like, I'm afraid I'm, I'm going to say the wrong thing. And how do I stop being afraid? It's that simple. And that's how can we help people talk about it and know that, you know, about everything from implicit bias to white privilege and be, if you're not uncomfortable, you're probably not having the right conversation. I've learned that, but it's okay to talk about it and what, what, what can be said, what shouldn't be said. And, and so it's a learning curve that will take some time, but I think that can happen. Yeah, I get that. Uh, for sure, you know, just being in my own personal and professional life and watching all this play out and, of course, with the Future Makers Coalition. And there are, there, it's very complex, but it sounds like you may wind up with some best practices or some procedures that could be scaled or replicated where you could both raise up and help um, businesses that are um, – minority-owned businesses or, or entrepreneurs that are, um, that are people of color so, sort of get their footing so that they can start to become more profitable and hopefully grow, right, and potentially even spur up more of those businesses in our, in our region. But then also maybe some sort of toolkit for existing businesses to start to address equity or create an equity imperative within their own organizations. Is that fair? It is. I think our role, I think the chamber's role is, you know, we have a, a tagline that we use. It's empower, connect, unite. And I take it, I take it very seriously though. So, you know, they're not just three words to us. We want to empower our members and our community to do the right thing, to take this on, to learn from it, connect this, whatever comes out of this group is not for us to just hold close and not share. You know, we'll share the good, the bad, the, you know, because we'll have things that may not necessarily be as successful as others, but that's the learning curve. I've learned that 
you know, actually through Utesa, you know, you have you small scale, you make it work, and then you replicate when you're ready. So, and then, you know, unite. We have to unite, not just this, you know, the Fort Myers or Lee County area. We, the intent is whatever comes here needs to be shared. If it works, that, that it, there's no reason to keep it a secret. We need to be sharing and building and, and, and hopefully help empowering other, you know, there's, there's more than just the race question. There's many people who come across when it comes to equity. We're focused right now on that. But I, there's, other, there's other groups of, you know, community that, that also needs help. And how do we get there? And so that's, you know, this is just the first step. Yeah, what a great way to sort of diversify the chamber in a challenging time right now, too. Um, you know, I think a lot of times we get hung up on on ways of doing things. And I know that right now with COVID in particular, it's hard to be face-to-face networking. And you guys have done so many cool things to adapt um, with COVID and not being able to bring people together in person, per se. But a, a really a new a new business unit for the chamber in terms of how do you attract new members, show more, more value. I, I really love that model. So my question for you then, um, I, I think the equity committee, I can't wait to hear and see where that goes. I think it's, I think it's really so, it's so needed um, and I appreciate it and I am thankful for, for the chamber's leadership with that. The other thing that you mentioned is of course uh, another passion of the Future Makers Coalition, which is workforce, of course. Um, so before we dive into that, I'm just maybe tell us a little bit about why the chamber is part of something like the Future Makers Coalition. I think it came out of, of course, um, I, you know, I don't remember the first conversation that you and I may have had about it, but when you, you know, but I knew that when when you told me the statistic about that we needed to have 60% or better with some post-secondary, you know, certification or degree or something or we were not going to be successful as a state, like this state needs us, that I realize that that, you know, that, that goes all the way down to that, that one person business that we would want to open. Like, it, so how do we get there? And it also helped me change my mindset of, you know, you're right. Not every kid does need to go to college. You know, I, you know, like I, I have a daughter who's 21 and, and, you know, she was going to go to college, but, you know, I, but then I met a young friend of hers who wanted to be a welder. And I'm like, all right. And by then you had introduced me to the Fort Myers Technical College. So I had some conversation and I, you know, like that was, so that's when I learned, it was a learning curve for me. My generation thinks you have to go to college. That's, you don't, what you need to do is maybe follow your passion and, but you need to get certified. You need, you need to follow the steps so that you are the best at what that is so that you can get hired and we can keep people employed and, and, you know, look at the underemployed and, and the, but the, the workforce itself, I don't know, like that's kind of where we're, but that was the big part of why we got involved was looking at that simple statement that, you know, we learned is that if we don't do something, where are we going to be in 20 years? And my daughter is a Florida kid and loves the state. And what am I leaving for her? Mm. Yeah, that's so true. And I think it's really smart for a chamber to get involved in that because if, our workforce does not currently have the skills that employers are needing, then all of the businesses struggle. When we heard, so, you know, the workforce committee that you're, that we talked about, 
Because the pre-COVID, we had the member advocacy committee had a conversation about doing a workforce event. At that time, I think we were under 3% unemployment, and we were going to work out all the avenues on finding workforce if they aren't like one of our board members literally almost shut down their office and almost everybody works remotely. So if you have people who can work remotely, then you have the opportunity to find workforce maybe outside the the town or the state. Not that we know, you know, we do want our own people working, but at the same time, we need our businesses to be able to operate. I also wasn't sure if people were familiar with career source in Southwest Florida, all the things that they do. Do they know what's happening at the technical colleges? I have learned so much, but I don't know that the average business owner is aware of the resources available in our committee and our community. So that was kind of what we were going to do was do like an event and have all these people kind of showcase, like there are other ways to find people on the job training, internship, like everything, every aspect that went with it. And now, you know, the numbers change with COVID informally, we're at 20% unemployment. Formally it's at 14 and change, which, you know, at the last number. So now what do we do right now? We have people who aren't working you know, and the hospitality community will kill me for this, but like there are people who are, you know, who are not working because the, the hotel, some of the bigger ones got hit really hard. Could we take some of those people and then train them to do something else instead of them not working? Could we get them enrolled in the CNA program that's, that's operating? Could they be part of something at Fort Myers Technical College? You know, we're doing some of this work one at a time. You know, there's one hotel that, that laid off a significant number of people probably for the rest of the year. And then I have two other businesses who need like maintenance guys. So I connected them with human resources, but we, but we need big picture. We need to be working with the people that aren't working. Is this the time where they make that transition and go become certified to do something else to fill, to fill the needs, you know, for the business community and the small business owner, because there is a need. You know, they, they're very specific, and that's why the technical colleges have been so popular. I mean, the welding program, I think, at Fort Myers, they were trying to – people are trying to hire those people before they're done. Like, there's already jobs for them, and they haven't even finished the program yet. So there's opportunity. I think, in my mind, it's – the challenge is communication. How do we find this group that needs to work and connect them with those that have – the way to get them maybe a new opportunity. Yeah, that is a very big challenge. I think, especially with very small businesses, getting connected up to the training programs that can help uh, create a talent pipeline is is always a challenge, because most people in small businesses are wearing multiple hats and they can't they don't have an HR department to go uh, figure out how they how they create their own talent pipeline. So, are you hearing from businesses right now that workforce is an issue? It is. It's in different pockets. I think um, I, I think it goes both ways. I think there's people looking to hire people back. And then at the same time, we have I had we had a, a we have a monthly conversation with Florida Gulf Coast University about their students who just came back this week. You know, there's I think 7000 is the number that would come back that some just stay all year. But how do we keep them employed? Because they need to be employed to stay in school. But at the same time, I have a board member who owns a restaurant in Cape Coral, and he needs a line cook. So, you know, so that sometimes it's geography, you know, will that, mm-hmm. you know, will that FGCU student go up there and be a line cook? Or I don't know. But that's where, like, the needs are sporadic. 
And, you know, and I think that businesses are starting, you know, it, the economy, it's a tough economy right now. Uh-huh. Very tough. But if you look, there's still job openings. There's things getting posted. There's people needing help. Yeah, we, the Future Makers Coalition did an HR poll in May and June, and, and qualified workforce still rose to the top above everything else in terms of what is needed right now by, um, it, from the perspective of um, the major HR departments in our region. And I know that um, right now the technical colleges are opening up and they are offering their programs and they don't, their seats aren't full. So, and I think that that could be for a variety of reasons, you know, with, there's always an issue of enrollment with technical college. Um, But we've done, I think we've done a great job. The Future Makers partners across the region have done a great job of filling those seats and we've seen a continuous uptick in terms of the people that are enrolling. But I think right now, m- more than ever, people need to know that there are jobs connected to these programs and that these programs are less than a year and that you you can actually get into a more sustainable career path if you, if you can figure out a way to make that work. Um, I think it sounds to me like a chamber like yours, what you're doing is a great model in that you're trying to understand the landscape to be able to connect your members to what they need to meet their biggest challenges right now. We are working with, there's a internship committee action team with with future makers. And we, after listening to them, probably the only non education institution on this committee and talking to them, they're all doing everything from Lee County school district to our local colleges and universities. They all have something going on with either on the job training internships, whether in person or virtual, how do they, and I realize I'm like, you know, like, you know, all that what you're doing, but I don't know that the, who, who else does. So their task, and I should have that probably this week, if not next, is to gather all that information. Like if I want an intern, I call you at FGCU, and this is what I, or this, like it is going to be a one pager that then we'll, we're going to call all this information together and then share it. And then, and then I'm going to take it to the Alliance, Southwest Florida Alliance of Chambers. There's seven chambers there and ask them to share it as well. How do we, because that's just a simple, like it just kind of takes away all the guesswork, get it out to our members, get it out to the community and share it and help our universities because there's some hungry people. There's students who want to get into the workforce, you know, are people still taking interns? We don't know, like some places are, some people have kind of put a hold on it, but we have all sorts of ways to go. So we think that, so we are gathering that information, but that is part of what the, that's about convening and connecting and collaborating, like getting everybody together, gathering the information, and then sharing it. Yeah, so so a fantastic role for chambers to add value to their members, especially if you're working with a lot of smaller businesses that may not have an HR department. It sounds like being the connector, pulling that information together so that it's it's basically plug and play for them, as plug and play as it can be. Um, in order to meet both of those needs, it, it sounds like a win-win, but it also sounds like a lot of work. It's a great crew, you know, like these are the people that, you know, it's, what the hell is that? What's that? 20% of the people do 80% of the work. What, but it, this group is passionate about what they're doing and they have the students 
and the chambers have accesses to the have access to the businesses. So somewhere there has to be that convener, and I think this is the this is a good first step. I mean, you know, if we can do this, what else can we do? So, and I think it, it can be updated. It can, you know, but if we can connect, and then there's all FGCU also does mock interviews, which um, we're participating in. They did it with the Benita Springs Chamber, and now they're pulling in Naples. And, and our chamber. So we're really excited about that. And I have people who are already volunteering and I don't even know if the students need it, but it's just, we're very excited. There's a lot of people are working together. They really are. That's what this, this community, no matter what, whether it's a hurricane or red tide algae or, or COVID, I, it's watching people pivot the way they do business, changing and working together to, and, and putting away all those old boundaries that may, you know, how chambers may not work together. We do. We, we of course, there's a little competition, but, if, but the, in the whole, it is for the community. Yeah. Yeah. That is something that I think is often overlooked and understated is how much, how much good there is in the community to try to, to make things work. And I, it's one of the things I appreciate most about, the Fort Myers Chamber, you know, stepping up in these times. I know you all did a fantastic job of creating almost the next day uh, of ongoing and constantly updated set of resources for businesses around COVID. Um, it became the one-stop shop for, I think, for everybody in terms of, um, you know, what what do we do? What are the what are the resources? What do we need to know about COVID? Um, your responsiveness, uh, you know, in the in the aftermath of um, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Aubrey, the, the responsiveness of the chamber is is really a gift to this community and region, and it's that's a great a great example. So, um, I know things are super hard, and your and your your chamber has suffered um, a lot of ups and downs through this COVID phase of, of our world and all the ways that it's going to change it in perpetuity. Um, and you're, you're being super resilient and adapting, and, I, and I'm very grateful for that. I'm curious, despite all of these challenges, what, what is something that you're like really excited about right now? What do you see that we have to be optimistic about? You know what happened for us, which it's been, there's two things. One is when we built that micro, we built the micro site for COVID, right? And we added, I think there were what we're calling buckets for, you know, buckets of information for our members or actually for the community. We didn't care if we were a member or not, everything went in there that we had. And, but first the company that built it, Boost Creative, they did that. I, he goes, well, and I said, listen, if you can't get this to me by Monday, because I didn't know COVID would <laughs> Who knew, you know, we, who knew COVID would be like running into 2021, but you know, at the time it's like, we, our people need to be got these resources now. I said, if, can you get this to me by Monday? They literally put their, the weekend, I had that in four days, but what's really neat about it is now that that is transforming. Now one of those buckets will go to workforce and one will go to equity. So all the information we gain and gather, we'll, we'll repurpose those and, it, it, you know, and maybe eventually have a new website, but that's kind of like where we're going with that. But the second thing is, is because we were all working together, the, the John Talmadge from Lee County Economic Development was an incredible leader for us and because he knew so many resources that we could use 
in the business community and knew the right avenues and had the right questions. So working with him, but he, but he, he pulled people together. He's a great convener, but the same, we made some partnerships and, and built some very strong relationships that we did not have before that think long-term, you know, like I'm very excited about where we're going. We have gained new members from it, which was unexpected, but these are members that like where we're going. We literally brought in a big company into our membership because we've created the equity committee. She's like, what is your response? I'm like, if you give me a week, we're working on it. I have to have board approval. Like it's in action. We're working on it. But that's, you know, but those, I think that's what I'm excited about is that we as a chamber were able to pivot. We had to make changes and we did. And I think now, you know, it, 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 we're going to continue working. I'm, I don't know where we'll be a year from now, but I think we're going to be even stronger and better than we are now. And I'm really excited about where we're going as a whole. We have a great board chair that just came in, Jim Larkin from the crown. And he is passionate about what we do. Like his first letter to our members, it was like, like he gets us. So it was awesome. So it's been, it's been a ton of fun. You know, we've been working hard, but isn't that what we do? It's worth it. It's so worth it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I think that it's very easy to get down right now um, when you're in the muck of it all. And, you know, no matter where you look, there are plenty of problems to solve. But it is really it's really interesting and, and exciting to see how how different organizations are adapting. And I think some of the things you're doing, you know, are things that are really relevant to communities everywhere. Right. And I'm sure that other people are doing things, too. But um but it is nice to kind of learn about sort of how it all comes together. And I think it's exciting to talk to you right now, especially as you're, as you're kind of kicking off these two things. So one, the equity committee, which is brand new, just getting started. And the other, the workforce uh, committee, which had one pathway and now is going to adapt is actually going to start with another pathway. So, um, so with that, I guess, is there anything else that you would like to, to share or, or talk about um, today before we wrap up? I, I think I want to, I think I'm, I'm very ex- happy. I'm very happy, excited. Like, again, it goes back to, to our community. You know, we have been, it's been a, a tough couple of years you know, that we've dealt with, you know, either natural catastrophes or now dealing with COVID and losing season, an economic impact that was that, you know, the fact that it hit in the middle of March hurt a lot of people. But, you know, the, the resiliency, the care, the passion in this community, helping each other um, and, and breaking down barriers so that we can help each other. It's been amazing. And I'm proud to be here. I'm proud of the work that, that my team has done, that our board has done, that our members are doing for each other. You know, it, it's just, it's a tough time, but I think, you know, the, you know, I think what's that term the the cream rises to the top. You know, I think that's what we've proven that, that this community, I don't think we need another one. <laughs> we don't need to be proving this again anytime soon. Let's just work with what's been happening, but it it's all such a great, there's a great group of people here. You know, the Future Makers Coalition is something I'm so passionate about and love what they're doing. And, you know, some of the smartest people I know are there. But it's it's amazing how by having a conversation with you a couple of years ago has led me down a path 
that now influences the chamber, the board, you know, our members, and, and all the avenues that we take. So it, you just never know where a conversation is going to go, and I think you have to keep that in the back of your mind. You know, when you're meeting new people and having and talking about different things, it's like, you know, you know, could this be a conversation that changes my direction? Because it could be. What a great point, right? You have to be open-minded to sort of talking to people and, and getting new perspectives and thinking about how problems can become opportunities. So I really appreciate that perspective. And boy, the Future Makers Coalition is super lucky to have you in the chamber um, as part of all of our work that we do together. And um, I appreciate you so much. Thanks so much for taking the time with me today. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks.